Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dorsey Wright Podcast. I'm Ian Saunders. And I'm Eric McArdle. And it is Wednesday, February 19th. So another back-to-back media day here with the NASDAQ Dorsey Wright content that we're continuing to put out. Um, and another new all-time chart high for the S&P 500. We saw there, uh, just as we were about to hit record on these buttons, the S&P ticked up uh, just above that 3390 level. So going to be that at least one additional X there printed on uh, the default chart of the S&P here. Um, so continued positive movement at after a little bit of back and forth day yesterday, um, but good to see that kind of continued strength for the broader space. Um, and we've seen some some continued strength from some other areas in the domestic equity market as well. Um, specifically looking at some of the individual sectors, um, if you jump over to that asset class group scores page, um, obviously the technology sector continues to be the bellwether for the market. I mean, we've seen it be uh, the number one ranked sector on the um, Dolly page uh, for, for over two years. It's been up there at the number one ranked um, group and in, in, on the entire asset class group scores page for, for a good good little while now with an average score of 4.98. Um, but some other areas have been relatively strong as well, uh, specifically looking at areas that might not be so heavily overbought with the market at all-time highs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one that jumps off the page initially is going to be that industrial space. Um, it's average score of 4.67 uh, with a positive score direction of 1.07. So um, definitely a strong average score and, and further kind of that positive direction definitely um, indicates that kind of continued strength but we only see it's only 48% overbought from an average overbought oversold um, reading, which is um, a little bit lower than some of the other 80s and 90s that you see from those other higher ranked sectors. Um, and there's going to be a variety of names that are going to um, you could potentially look at in that space. But one that jumps off initially, if you click on that ideas tab, um, some of the more momentum or more growth focused names within there are going to be in that overbought territory. Um, but another one of the kind of broader based funds, the iShares U.S. Industrial. ETF ticker IYJ um, has continued to give a, a steady ascent, a, definitely on its default chart. I'm looking at four consecutive buy signals, but if you drop it down there to a one point per box size chart, um, you get an even more consistent near term picture. Um, can move sideways for much of last year, really, um, as uh, then gave a buy signal there at the end of the year at 156 and has rallied significantly since that time. Uh, gave an, another buy signal there on that one point chart there at 174. Four, um, in it looks like in um, early earlier this month. Um, so definitely going to be a name that you could potentially look to that might have been in overbought territory before and has seen some some consolidation and further upside, but still going to be an actionable territory there. Mm-hmm. Excellent. And, and you know, as we mentioned, starting the podcast with the market in that heavily overbought state, you know, finding these actionable ideas right now is of utmost importance, right? And, and deviating from the, the standard of saying we know technology is number one from a group score perspective as well as in Dolly. So we have to kind of broaden our uh, horizon, so to speak. And industrials is a great place to do that. You know, following suit for the longer term rankings of Dolly, where we have uh, technology one, industrials two, number three are the financials. And we look at asset class group scores. Financials as a group is scoring in the threes, so acceptable. You know, that's still generally strong overall. Uh, But one fund in particular caught our attention. That's the First Trust Financials Alphadex Fund, ticker FXO. And this is currently a holding within the F-Trust 5 or the Focus 5 model, um, also in the single QCIP product FV, as well as the First Trust Sector model that we run on the NASDAQ Dorsey Ray platform. And this fund is on its default chart trading near an all-time high, fourth consecutive buy signal, 
showing an optimal fund score of 4.06 with a positive score direction of 0.71. So with that four score, you know, above the average score for the financials group as a whole and is actionable from an OBOS perspective. Uh, we've also seen a recent flip to positive weekly momentum on that. So looking at the suggestion that prices will continue higher. Uh, on the default chart, initial support is offered at 3050 with other levels of support at 30 and 2950. So definitely an area to check out. Um, you know, and Ian, when we look outside of financials, there's another group that is also catching our attention, and that is the consumer discretionary or what we call a consumer cyclical on the system. And one specific area, although consumer cyclicals looking strong, you know, from an average score perspective, uh, over four as a group, one particular fund from Global X, ticker EBIZ, which looks at the e-commerce segment, is really deviating and showing a lot of strength. Um, and this is, as the name implies, a great way to play some of those companies that are more on the, the retail consumer end, but focus on that e-commerce distribution channel. Um, and again, when looking at this fund with that strong score direction or uh, fund score of 4.76 and a positive score direction of 2.05, you know, we look at the chart on a buy signal, formed a double top, testing an all-time high at 1950, um, and is actionable as well. So, you know, a lot of areas outside of technology that look strong. Um, you know, on the e-commerce th thought, Ian, you know, we've heard a lot of news about China, right? Mm -hmm. And we, we've had, you know, obviously this coronavirus uh, risk and, and headline risk kind of weighing on the markets. You know, what are we looking at from a Chinese perspective just to give us some updates there? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, obviously China has been one of the uh, most frequently talked about areas in the international news over the past several weeks uh, with the Wuhan coronavirus that's uh, coming there out of the country, that outbreak. Um, but the outbreak does seem to at least show some signs of stabilization over the past couple of days, and that's led to some pretty positive sentiment from a lot of international investors. Um, one way to, to look at that is to go um, to the asset allocation tab. You can go to distribution curves, and then one of the distribution curves that's going to be available there is the world distribution curve, which is going to show you the individual bullish percent charts from uh, some of the individual countries that we have represented here um, on the platform. Um, it's going to show you a variety of countries and give you there um, that, that individual bullish percent reading that's going to be there on the chart. So you can kind of see where things sit, um, wh which countries are showing more participation to the upside and which might not be showing as much. Uh, but one area in particular, I mean, talking about China, um, if you look at that curve, you see China is sitting with a green box and a reading of 22 to 26. So if you click on that box, it will actually bring up the Shanghai bullish percent chart, which is going to be giving you the percentage of securities in the Shanghai um, in the Shanghai exchange that are on a current point and figure buy signal. Um, and that reading fell all the way down to 20% in February there with, with the pullback that we saw in, in the Chinese equities. Um, but as of trading yesterday, reversed back up into a column of X's. Uh, so with a general good rule of thumb to go with for, for those uh, bullish percent charts, um, kind of regardless of where they are, is when you see those indicators reach, reach those low levels, levels below 30% and reverse back up, can be a positive sign for things to come here in the future. Um, so we saw that happen there yesterday. And a lot of the space that's been leading the Chinese market higher has been healthcare, which mm -hmm. we've, uh, we talked about in the Daily Equity Report yesterday in the featured article there. Uh, but also internet and e-commerce as well. Uh, one specific fund that jumps to mind, uh, the Crane Shares China Internet ETF KWeb, um, has shown um, actually two consecutive 
Um, two consecutive bullish triangle patterns com completions there on, on its chart, most recently occurring uh, just earlier this month, creeping back up towards that near-term high. Uh, it's currently at 53. Would, that high would be at 54. Um, but it's uh, normalized a lot from that overbought oversold percentage, only at 20%. Mm -hmm. um, has some near-term support levels offered in there. Um, and so regardless of maybe some of the other effects we're seeing from the virus, um, hasn't seemed to have been much of a detriment there to the e-commerce side in China. Um, and that's brought into the broader emerging market space as well. Um, another ticker there on the platform, Emerging Markets Internet and E-Commerce ETF, EMQQ, um, has given three consecutive buy signals, rallied significantly here in, in the um, kind of end of January, early February timeframe, um, and currently sitting one box south from another double top formation there at 3850. Um, so the e-commerce space is um, kind of the positive movement we've seen there is not, uh, not sold going to be in the U.S. We've seen it kind of broaden around other areas, um, other areas around the world. Um, mm -hmm. And we've seen some other improvement from other countries as well. It's not just been China um, that has shown some near-term strength. Um, one of the stronger areas we've seen on the asset class group scores for the non-U.S. view filter has continued to be Russia. I mean, it has ranked um, number one from those non-U.S. areas for quite a while now, um, looking at an average score there for this space as a whole. Um, going to be has been north of that 4.0 line uh, for for a for a while and is currently sitting with an average score of 4.53 um, has retreated a little bit from its score high north of 5.0 but still going to be in pretty strong score I'd say from an average score perspective mm -hmm. um, with no groups above a, a score of 5.0 right now um, and one area in particular that that if you click on that ideas tab not as many ideas within the Russian space uh, but Russian small caps have, have, have continued to demonstrate strength um, the ticker the Vanek Vectors Russia Small Cap ETF ticker RSXJ, uh, given four consecutive buy signals there. Recently gave another one uh, there just last week at 39.50. Um, not going to be. It's creeping up towards overbought territory, but not necessarily what we, we would consider to be overextended at current levels. Um, so even though the, the Russian space as a whole has retreated a little bit from that score high, um, has seemed to have normalized a lot of the prices that we've seen in some of those funds, um, and so definitely could be a place to continue to look towards in the weeks to come. Yeah, very interesting. And, and you know, we'll, we'll definitely keep you all up to date on any further, you know, international uh, equity updates as, you know, this virus continues to play out, as the headlines continue to come out. Um, so, so a lot of good updates there. It looks like China is regaining some, some even footing, um, <clears throat> as well as the Russia space. Mm -hmm. You know, additionally, Ian, I know we've talked a little bit about the commodity space, um, you know, in, in recent research, specifically with an emphasis on gold and palladium's outperformance, um, and then talking about crude oil, natural gas, some of the other, um, you know, basic commodity weakness. Um, but on the theme of gold, you know, we've tickered GLD quite frequently, but another option in that space is the Vanek uh, Vectors Junior Gold Miner ETF ticker GDXJ. And the fund returned to a buy signal with a double top break at 42.50 earlier this month, actually yesterday, and has since in today's trading continued further past resistance, breaking a spread quadruple top and moving to a multi-year high at 43.50. Now the fund has a optimal fund score of 4.75 on the back of a strong positive score direction of 1.78. 
and has recently witnessed a flip to positive monthly momentum. So that's a suggestion that prices again are going to be moving higher. And you know, when we look at ideas in the space, of course, this is also actionable from an OBOS perspective. So you know, when you look at some of the other precious metals areas, um, you know, a little bit more on the overbought side, and GDXJ uh, is focusing on those companies that provide mining exposure rather than the actual Boolean itself. And, and I mean, you mentioned there that that actionable from the overbought or sold perspective. That's something that we haven't haven't seen quite as much here recently in a lot of the precious metals areas. Right. I mean, shown a fair amount of continued strength. Um, one of the only areas of continued strength in commodities as a whole. But like the palladium, like um, ticker P A L L. Aberdeen Physical Palladium Shares ETF. It's over 100% overbought. Mm -hmm. um, look at some of the other gold ETFs that are going to be creeping up towards the 90s or over 100% overbought. Um, so that, that actionable uh, territory there is definitely something you want to keep a close eye on in that space if you're looking to invest for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So Ian, we've got a couple of events coming up. You want to share with the, our listeners? Yes, we do. We have um, a, a, um, a few events. The first one that we definitely want to mention is going to be um, we've opened up signups for our Spring 2020 Point and Figure Institute. It's going to be held at the Encore Wynn Hotel um, in Las Vegas. Uh, so we do two Point and Figure Institutes each year, one uh, in the spring in Las Vegas and then one in the fall um, in November here in Richmond. Um, and so this one is going to be April 23rd and 24th uh, for all of you NFL football fans. It's also the same weekend as the NFL. NFL draft. So if you want to come see uh, see your new uh, favorite team signing in person, definitely another reason <laughs> to come on out there. Uh, but it's going to be that Thursday and Friday there in Vegas. We do have room blocks for the hotel, so don't worry about there. The, the draft overwhelming there. Um, but signups are going to be open. We are going to be closing. Um, we are going to be closing the um, early bird registration for that. I believe it's going to be March first. Um, that is going to be closed to save you about four hundred bucks if you were looking to register before then. Um, and the another thing as well, we have been approved for 12 hours of CFP continuing education credit and 13 hours of CIMA continuing education credit. So um, not that you would necessarily want any other reason to come out other than just to spend time with us, but those other reasons are going to be there as well. So you can see that information there in the Were You Aware um, from yesterday, um, get, give you a link to, to secure your spot there. Um, then we have another event coming up here soon in Boston as well. Is that right there, Eric? That is right. And uh, we are, are hosting an, another workshop in Boston uh, sponsored by State Street. Uh, sign up for that ends on March 3rd. That event is on March 19th. So if you're interested, please don't hesitate. You know We're filling up space pretty quickly on that. So um, if you have any questions, feel free to give us a call, 804-320-8511. Uh, or email us at dwa.dorseywright.com. And you know, as Ian alluded to with all the events we do, great opportunity to learn more, to network with the analyst team here, and also to network with fellow users of the research and the platform and find out you know, what they're finding success with, finding out other ways to manage investments in, in your business. And um, we always love getting together with you all and, and connecting. So uh, don't hesitate to reach out if you have any questions about either event or anything outside of what we've talked about today. Yeah, absolutely. So with that, I think that um, pretty much wraps up what we were looking to cover here today. Um, but we want to thank you all very much for joining us here. Um, we look forward to having you back next week. 